Welcome to the Grow Old With Me podcast, where we connect our family to yours through openness and vulnerability, while keeping God's truth at the center of our discussions. Welcome to the Grow Old With Me podcast. I'm Peter, together with my wife, Crystal, uh, for this episode six, which is going to be about accepting each other just the way we are. God designed us each in a unique and special way to be ourselves. He had a plan in mind when he formed us. Uh, And in order to accept that plan and and be the most that God made us to be, uh, we need to be able to find ways to uh, understand who we are and also need to be able to understand uh, the people that God has put in our lives so that we can provide them uh, the love and support that they need. And I think when I think about it, out of all the millions of combinations that we could have become just from our parents, how siblings can be so drastically different. Um, it's really amazing to me how God picks to choose every single person. I think when, um, when you're expecting a baby or even when babies are growing up, it's fun to see who they're turning into or who they're going to be because it just is like one of God's works. It's kind of fun to see the mystery unravel. Yeah. Um, One of my favorite verses is Psalm 139, verse 13. You created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And I think it's true. All, every single one of us, God spent so much time just putting us together in the way he saw fit. Yeah, and he, he deeply loves us and did it on purpose. We're not just some mistake. I mean... He would consider us uh, each individually treasures, um, something that he is very proud of. Uh, like from the very first formation of, of man, when he was doing the creation, he said, and it is very good. I think he looks at each of us that same way as, as a proud accomplishment. And I think, um, I think sometimes we look at other people and think, oh, why would God create them to be that way? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, just because it's different than us, and it's, um, I think it's difficult for us when things are diff- different from us, but that doesn't mean that he didn't create them to be that way. They, are, they were created for a specific purpose, and God needs all of us, not just certain personality types. Yeah, I think that's important then to see that um, it's, it's unrealistic and unfair then to think that the rest of the world is going to think or behave or do things the way that we do simply because we think that the way we perceive things is normal or the correct way or something along those lines. Um, it's important to realize that um, like uh, like the early church, or what Paul says to the early church is very important is that we all have different gifts and we all offer something different. Um, and it might not be anything near what, what I do. Uh, Crystal might not have the same thing or our children might not have the same gifts. But we need to make sure that we're accepting of the gifts that they have and not just accept them, but actually um, be proud of those gifts in the same way that God would be as he instilled them in us. We've had a few resources that throughout the years have helped us with this topic of acceptance of ourselves and acceptance of those around us. And... Um, The three are The Five Love Language Book by Gary Chapman, um, The Child Whisperer by Carol Tuttle, and Loving the Little Years by Rachel Jankovic. And I think we'll first talk about The Five Love Languages. Mm -hmm. Do you want to introduce 
Yeah, the, the summary there on the, the five love languages is that uh, basically we all receive uh, love in different ways. Um, we may think that we're giving love to somebody, but they may not be receiving that as love. It might just be some um, action. So uh, the five ways people receive love are through one, words of affirmation, two, gifts, three, acts of service, four, quality time, and five, physical touch. And I think trying to find that in your spouse and children, how they receive love is really uh, really important so that they can feel loved by us. And I think our it says in the book that our natural tendency is to love in the way that we feel loved. And that might not translate onto our loved ones. So we might think we're being really loving when they might not be feeling it from us because we're not giving it to them in the way that they want to receive it. Right. I think, I mean, especially maybe in, in young marriages, we kind of go through that. I think I, I was disappointed when maybe I, I would work hard and uh, try to do some act of service for Crystal, thinking that she'd be impressed by it or feel like that was something that um, she felt really loved by. And I think uh, it maybe she appreciated that, that something in the house had been done, but at the end, Really, it didn't really communicate love to her because it wasn't something that was uh, in her love language. And I think the ones that are most important to us, I think mine would be gifts and quality time. Yeah, and, and mine, nice it kind of overlap is that I also experience love through quality time. Uh, but the gifts doesn't overlap that. That's kind of a foreign uh, idea to me because my, my primary one would probably be words of affirmation. And I think in our marriage, it's nice that we have one that overlaps because I think when we spend that quality time together, both of our cups kind of get filled up. Right. And it's nice that um, something, the way we receive love is also... A natural can, way that we can give it. Right. Right. Um, but as for me, I don't really feel filled up so much on words of affirmation. So I don't think it's as natural for me to give those words and I think because Peter f gets filled up on words of affirmation it's something that I really need to practice yeah. and um, allow give to him so that he can feel that I love him right I think that's the same thing for my part is that uh, giving and receiving gifts uh, is, is kind of a foreign concept of, of giving or receiving love it doesn't seem to be related it just seems like some uh, I don't know, like formality that we do, but it's not just a formality to Crystal. Like she really feels cared about when I find a way to give her uh, a well thought out and timely gift. Um, and and even though it, it might not be a natural expression of love for me, I have to understand that it's not for me that I'm doing this. It's for Crystal. So I might have to go outside of what's comfortable or even natural for me to provide that love to my wife. And we haven't identified our children's love languages yet but that is something that as they grow we we will be doing and trying to provide them love in the way that they they um they want to receive it another um resource that we've used is the child whisperer book and this isn't necessarily a christian book um it's by carol tuttle and she just identified four different types of personalities that people can fall under yeah. Um, and it's really helped us to see ourselves like it's yeah. affirming, I think, to 
see, oh, other people th- like see the world the way I do. Right. Maybe I'm not such a weirdo after all. I mean, because I think each, each of the four types that she um, kind of characterizes have definite strengths, but also weaknesses. And I think sometimes it's easy to see uh, the weakness of our type come out and feel jealous of the strengths of others instead of recognizing the strengths that we have in ourselves as well. And we have identified um, all of our family members in that, and I think it has helped us to be um, sensitive to each other's emotions and kind of understand where they're coming from. Yeah, uh, the four types that Carol Tuttle put in there on uh, the energy profiling system she has is is a type one person would be the fun-loving person, and a type two person uh, would be the sensitive person, and type three would be the determined person, and type four would be the more serious person. And that's a quick overview. You can, um, we'll reference all this stuff in the show notes so you guys can go over it as you see fit, but... Um, in our family, Peter would identify more with the t- type one fun-loving personality, and I would more identify with the type two, the sensitive, more emotional personality. And I think understanding that has helped our marriage. Right. Yeah, because obviously um, we are operating under a different lens. We maybe interact with people and tasks um, differently we we don't maybe view it the same way and i think instead of saying why can't you be more like me i think it's a more loving and approaching way to say i understand that you do it differently than me and trying to understand uh, how that person might see it is actually really good for expressing and receiving that love so when we became parents it seemed like things were smooth sailing for me anyway with the first child because our first child was a type two a more sensitive child and that's kind of what I identify with so it was almost like raising myself so I pretty much knew everything she wanted anytime she wanted it because I it just because that's how you would have done yeah it. it reminded me a lot of myself and I felt like a awesome parent yeah like when she'd wake up in the middle of the night Crystal, you just went over there and you're like, well, this is what I would want if I woke up in the middle of the night. You just gave it to her. Like, you knew. And when I when I had to get up with her, I'd say, Crystal, what should I do? Because Crystal always seemed to know maybe what was in our daughter's mind. And I think a lot of families don't have a firstborn that's even one of the parents' energy types. And then that's, that's a, a different category that you have to figure out altogether. I think I can see... Our family is not set up that way where we have a child who is a different energy type than us. But I can see that that being a very difficult thing for a parent to navigate. It's trying to understand where your child's coming from when it's when it's different from your view of things. Um, our second two are both type ones, which is more what Peter identifies with. Like the fun-loving child, yeah. Yeah, I think um, that that's gotten us into trouble too because it's definitely a, a higher energy and a lot more movement. Um, where I think there are some times where it was a gift. I think to have a, a daughter more like my wife because I've gotten so used to living with somebody like my wife that I would think I was able to um, kind of provide uh, for their emotional needs in the way. Uh, just being Crystal's husband, I think I was naturally prepared to take, take care of my daughter. 
my second two, uh, I think were so much like me that sometimes it was hard for me to know uh, how to take care of them because it was a little too much like me where I, I remember even one time, uh, my, my high energy kid uh, was bouncing off the wall so bad before he went to bed that we just could not get him to bed. And he was being so silly and wi wild and riled up. And I remember looking over at, at Crystal and saying, uh, what do you do with me when I get like this? Because I honestly had no idea, even though I knew I felt that same thing and have been like that before, what to do when that happens. And I think Crystal may be more qualified in that she actually had to deal with me that way. <laughs> I think that too with our with our more sensitive daughter is that sometimes it just seems like the emotions are overwhelming because I have them and then when she has them it seems like it's a very um, big emotional deal. But um, I think it's our job as parents to figure out. I think I get drained. I I don't have as much energy as Peter and our younger two kids. And I think the combination of those two together is really, it can be really funny, but sometimes I just feel drained with how much energy they have. But with that being said, I am their mother and God entrusted them to me and I have to figure out a way yeah. to make them feel honored in who they are and get their energy out in a proper way. And not shame them for having that much energy because that is the way that God made them to be. Right. Where maybe it's easier for me to get on the floor and wrestle and giggle and laugh and break things. It, it's I get lost in the fun and play. I think for Crystal, it has to be more of a conscious choice to embrace that those younger two kids just have more energy and are a little more active. And even though it's not necessarily comfortable for her to get on the floor and play as much... Um, she does it because she understands that those two kids need that love. And I sometimes get jealous of our older daughter because I notice that sometimes during the day she'll like sneak off to go read a book or color by herself quietly. And I almost get jealous. I'm like, oh, I wish I could sneak away and go read a book and color by myself. Um, but I, know, I do get those times. I do. Yeah, and I think it's, I need to make sure to, that I'm taking care of all of the kids' needs before. Yeah. And it's the same thing for me. I think how it's hard for me is when my low energy daughter does go to her room and start reading and coloring. I think it's important for me to maybe drop the play that I'm getting lost into and go admire her drawing or ask her uh, about the book that she's looking at and make sure that she feels validated in, in the warmth and coziness, even though maybe just sitting on the ground quietly and cuddling isn't something natural for me. I need to be able to do that because that's how she receives that love. And... um. I read another book. The last book we're going to talk about here is Loving the Little Years by Rachel Jankovic. And she writes a lot about um, parenting from a Christian mother's perspective. And she had uh, a section in there that talked about when parents have children that are different from them. So she talked about, she's like, say you're a, wa or you're a tomato and your husband's a tomato. And then you have a tiny little tomato, firstborn. Um, but then all of a sudden you have a second born and at first it might look like a tomato, but all of a sudden you realize it's a watermelon. Um, and she said, you can't wheedle a watermelon or you can wheedle a watermelon down to a tomato, but it's not good for the watermelon or the parents. And it doesn't actually become a tomato. It just, no. 
kind of breaks that watermelon into looking like a tomato and it's not really validating that watermelon for what it is. So I think as parents, we need to realize what what energizes our kids, where what perspective are they coming from and we need to honor them in that and not shame them for being who they are because God did create them to be a certain way and God created us to be a certain way as well and we still need to make sure that we're honoring who we are in the process. But I think saying things like, oh, I don't do shopping or I don't do whatever your child is interested in can be hurtful to the child. And I think it's our parent, it's us as parents' responsibility to give up that and go with our children into their place sometimes. I think it is uh, easy to get that um, shaming mindset where um, we look at other people somehow as if they don't have it as together as we do or that they're, uh, the way that God created them to be is uh, inferior or, um, or not um, as useful as the gifts that we have. Uh, and that kind of brings us back to, to Romans 12 where, where it says that um, you, not, you shouldn't think of yourself um, more highly than you ought to. Um, but realize that we're all members of one body that have uh, different parts and therefore different functions. And it'd be best for us if we could remember that and, and accept people for who they are. And I, I think that's something that we, we each have a tendency maybe to, um, to maybe shame an, another type of the body. Um, earlier in 1 Corinthians, he, he talks about uh, one part of the body saying to the other that they're less useful, like an eye and a foot or a hand. Um, but I think I, I tend to do that. I think Crystal's got some, some same stories about how with our own kind of types or our love languages, uh, we have a way to say, well, that one's just kind of a, an unneeded or, or, or mean one or, or not a good one. And I think for me as a, a fun loving type one, actually, I think the, the people I'm most critical of actually are other type one people who are able to uh, gather more attention or have more fun and maybe draw attention away from me. I think that's that's harmful to me or I, I, I somehow feel threatened by it and I get more critical and attacking of those people. I, I shame people actually who are kind of like me. And I'm a little different. I don't, I don't think I actually think poorly of the people who think like me, but I... I get frustrated when people are critical of other people. And I remember <laughs> recently I was complaining about somebody who was being critical of other people and it just seemed like nothing was good enough. And I was like, geez, I just don't like that. And my dad actually stopped me and was like, well, you're being really critical of the critical people. I'm like, oh, <laughs> right. that's true. I think everyone, like, I think you look at those, like, the, the type 3 determined one could, could look down on the on the type 2 comfort-seeking one and say, why aren't you trying harder at this? Um, and I think it could go all sorts, and we can find different flaws in other people and say, why aren't you more like us? But I think, ultimately, it's very good that we're not all like each other. We we all have a different purpose, and we all have a different way of giving and receiving love. And the truth is that, that God made us all differently to accomplish a purpose, to be his body in reaching the world and to be unified together, to work together to accomplish that purpose. And I think we need to remember that some people's purpose is in the spotlight and other people's is not. And just because your purpose is not in the spotlight does not mean that it is not important in God's kingdom. And I think as parents, when we envision our, our children's future, I think most parents envision their children to be a spotlight out there for Jesus, mm -hmm. out there on the stage for Jesus. And in all reality, some kids just are um, 
more comfortable in the behind the scenes. And we need to be um, happy for them and proud of them and encouraging them, whether they are out in the spotlight or are, are behind the scenes. Because no task is, if we are working for Jesus, <laughs> it's not, it doesn't go unnoticed by him. <laughs> right. God has specially designed us and has equipped us with different attributes and gifts. Let's attempt to understand each other so that we can embrace our differences and function as one body, accomplishing the purposes that Christ has designed us to do.